All right. Hey, y'all. It is grab your wallet time. Uh, we've been having fun doing this show. We love you guys for supporting us. Those of you that don't support us, patreon.com is where you go give us the money to get us to these people or beers to these people so we can interview them. And John's got some t-shirts. So that's on stealthisbeer.com slash merch. Check that out. Either way, thanks for playing along. Can't believe we get away with this every week, Monday at five. about beer over beer by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right. Hey, y'all. It's five o'clock on Monday. and We are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. Hey, Augie Carton. I'm John Hall. Hey, John Hall. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. Yeah. What's so great, John? You know, I, I like it when we have uh, fascinating, interesting, thoughtful guests who have excellent perspective on the brewing industry and just life in general. And that's who we have today. Nice. Who else is on? Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure, Mike. Um, no pressure at all. He doesn't usually set people up like that. Usually I'm the one who makes it impossible to deliver. So I'm I got, I, I got, to, I got to visit. This is uh this is this. Well, hold on. Let me do the way. introduction. Yeah. Hey, hey, steamy. Let me, let me, let me do the introduction out. First of all, hi, Cass. Hi, Kennedy. Hello. Yo. Hey, all right, cool. Now let me introduce our accomplice du jour, Mike Karnowski of Zebulon artisanal ales. First of all, I got to know what a Zebulon is. Zebulon, um, its origination is it's a, a biblical term. It's one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Interesting. And, and um, in the South, you know, Southern families, often the only book they would have in their house would be a Bible. So there's a lot of uh, biblical names for kids. So, you know, your kids would be like Jebediah and Zebulon. So Jeb and Zeb, you know, oh, I like it. I've met Zebs. I didn't know there were Zebulons. Yeah, there, there's some famous Zebulon. Zebulon Pike is a famous explorer that discovered Pike's Peak and explored most of the Southwest. Uh, Zebulon Vance is a local uh, 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 governor of North Carolina. Um, Interesting. And, the, you know, even the sister ship uh, the, of the USS Enterprise is the USS Zebulon. So it's uh, we, we get people in all the time. Who, who, it's who, got who, every who, kind of every kind of street cred. It starts with Z. And it was no? available after my uh, my first ten names were uh, shot down by my trade. Were they team. also tribes of Israel? Oh no, no, they were mostly uh, David Lynch or uh, <laughs> oh, heavy metal yeah. sort of references. But it's so, amazing how how, uh, how hard it is to get a a trademarkable name. I've got some good is. stories about that. <laughs> I bet you do. That's a that's a common thing these days. It's uh, there's too many of us. All with a with a zeitgeist thought on everything, right? But I love that there's um there's actually a production company of um of uh the cop show with Andy Samberg and they call themselves Fremulon. So when I saw mm-hmm. Zebulon, it uh, that pronunciation became the thing that that stayed in my head, and I I just love saying the word. So that's you clearly ended a good place because it's a fun word to say. It can't hurt you. 
Anyway, speaking of, you mentioned the South. You said people in the South. You are in the South. You are outside Asheville. Or do I have that right? Yeah, we're about 10 minutes north of Asheville, which, you know, in any other town, it would be just North Asheville. But, uh, you know, it's a small, small thing. So you got to get on the highway and drive for seven, eight minutes. And then you're uh, you're in, in Weaverville, cute little town, just basically a one street town with a couple of lights and some nice art galleries and bakeries. I mean, it's just a perfect, cute little town, especially if you're in Asheville and it doesn't take long to be like burned out in Asheville with the, the Disneyland sort of aspect where you're like, let's get the hell out of here. And, <laughs> and, and just, you know, just as a short, short jump, uh, jump up the street, you can be in a uh, nice, relaxed, quiet little town. With fun things. Oh, I, lo- I love this shade. Cause I got to tell you when I go to Asheville being somebody who comes from up here, I, I am so pleased with Asheville. So if there's a more pleasing version of Asheville 10 minutes north, I'm now super excited. Um, yeah. talk, to us, talk to us about your Asheville days and your, your breaking away from Asheville. You, you were at, am I right that Greenman is a brew pub that is really big down there, or do I have that wrong? Yeah, Greenman, you know, Green my Man, wife and... Yeah. My wife and I, we moved here about 13 years ago. We, we were in New Orleans uh, for okay. 18 years and we had a homebrew shop uh, that we owned down there for 13 years. And then, uh, you know, I was doing some uh, some guest brewing at different breweries. And then after Hurricane Katrina, we just kind of were like, what are we doing here? Let's get out. Okay. And so uh, we started looking for places to move to. And uh, Asheville was just a nice kind of cool hippie town my wife was a a, a a contemporary dancer and i was i play a lot of music so it just seemed like a town that that had culture and um and uh at that time i think there's only maybe five breweries what were uh, those five because one of them got bought by ab right uh wicked weed but they they right. weren't open at that point wicked oh, weed okay. opened okay. Uh, long after uh after green man Okay. So uh, when I when I first moved here, let's see, it was Highland Brewing, uh, yep. Green Man. Um, there's a place called The Wedge that had just opened up um, from the, the the brewer that used to be at Green Man, and uh, I mean it was very it was very it's I mean now I think we have 38 breweries. Yep. So I mean you can imagine just from going from five to 38, it's a whole different scene, and uh, you know oversaturation is. Uh, definitely a problem yeah um are they, what what size because because jersey had a jersey had a not unlike that experience where a decade ago literally exactly a decade ago when i opened i was the 13th brewery in new jersey and now there's 130 but like 85 of those are five barrel system tasting room business plans so right so they're not they're not very taxing on our population as far as you know covid obviously pushed people on shelves and stores more than they intended but but in a normal world they're they're basically just trying to get you to come into their spot how does that play out down there what's uh is everybody kind of same thing or is it different no it's the same thing everybody is uh usually seven barrels and under um mm-hmm. there's a couple places that do you know 15s but uh, that's mostly because they just don't like brewing and would rather brew once every month as opposed to uh, once a week 
Um, <laughs> I love the shade. This very much excites me. Well, no, no, I mean, I don't, oh, I don't just blame them. I mean, just yeah, but you know, I, I know I, I see brewing but, is not but implied, really right? Fun. If you if you open a, I love brewing. I really? Yeah. I we the still we still do our own me. ranking. We still do our own ranking. So it's, oh, it's I do very... too. I don't have, I don't have rakes oh, yeah. in my mash tun, so it's yeah. me up there Same stirring and the. It, you know, it's just I don't know. For me, I'm I've been brewing since 1986. The thrill is kind of gone. Right. You know, it's not something yeah, I, I look it. forward to is going and and dragging 55 pound sacks of malt and dumping them in and stirring it. I mean, it's just <laughs> that's what you, that's what assistant brewers are supposed to be for. But unfortunately, we're <laughs> such a tiny brewery that uh, we, we really adjust, can't right? we can't even have a uh, an employee. It's just me and my wife running this whole whole endeavor. We don't have and zero. What size employees. is your system? We have a seven barrel. Okay. Yeah. So, so in that line, that's cool. But the oh, size itself, though, when I was there a couple of weeks ago, uh, like you have to be closed during the, the, like the week because you're using your tasting room space for brewing. And then oh, wow. you need to put all your brewing stuff away to open up the tasting room, right? Oh yeah, it's completely ridiculous. I mean, we just. Uh, <laughs> I walked I mean, in and I walked in and Mike was getting ready to move some barrels around to reset up the tasting room, and he just—it was like a Sisyphean task of just never-ending taproom brewery remodeling. Yes, yeah, it's, it's okay. really a tiny little uh, like uh, firehouse. It's an old firehouse, you know, with the 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 the, the red garage fronts that roll up and. Um, it's only like a 1200 1400 square feet you know so it's it's got a you know i can't be in there cleaning for manners and bottling or brewing while we have people in there it's just it's impossible so it, it has to be either one thing or the other so most you know through the week i uh, stack everything up and uh turn it back into a working brewery and then on thursdays i spend the whole day stacking everything and playing a game of tetris basically to turn it back into a uh, a tasting room for 10 hours for the and, weekend and, and then it, back just into to be clear here, when you decided this was the way to go you had a lot of experience you knew what you were getting into or did you not well i mean what was what was a, a good business plan five years ago uh, is almost meaningless now right you know, you know what, I mean? what i mean when you were saying uh, you know i will cip on thursday put everything away invite the public in kick them out on sunday night brew on monday morning you that wasn't like i no, no, that, that, that wasn't <laughs> the original plan was basically inspired by west veteran uh where we were just going to be a 100 percent production brewery uh also in, um inspired by pipeworks um out in of chicago, chicago. Um, okay we were up there visiting and uh i was like trying to find them and i was like man this is it's supposed to be here it's this building but there's nothing there and i just knocked on a door and they let me in and it was like oh i see you guys just are like uh, uh, just there's no public allowed here this is just a production brewery making beer and then you sell it i was like this is what i want to do because I, I was just never i'm, I'm a little anti-social and um I just never wanted to own a bar, you know, and yep. I wanted to be a brewer. I've always been a brewer. I wanted to make beer and sell beer, but I didn't want to be a bartender. I didn't want to deal with, with, you know, the, the public like that. So the, our initial plan was to black out the windows and just be a production brewery. And back, you know, six, seven years ago, that was a decent plan. And uh, now it's completely untenable though. I mean, you have to have a tap room to survive. 
And uh, before we opened, my wife's like, you know, people are going to want to come in here. And I was like, geez, all right, let's just open on weekends. You know, we'll just be open like a winery does, you know, where you can just come in, sample a bunch of small batch stuff and then buy some bottles. And uh, and that's kind of uh, kind of gone to the wayside. I mean, I would guess now we're probably 75 percent tap room, 25 percent package stuff. I mean, we're, we're selling stuff through the through the tap room and but but not a whole lot out into the world. I just don't think that works anymore. Understood. That's actually that's interesting. I want to come back to some important things you had to change to make that happen. But we should talk about beer one. Justin, does does everybody have beer one? Justin? Yeah, I think Mike has beer one. You have the beer. yeah. I've, Mike, Mike, Mike just a... posted on Facebook uh, that he's ready to go. Oh, okay. I've, the, I'm excited. I've got number. I've got number three and number four. In front right, of me. and so, number three is a bottle. Yeah, yes. a narrow yeah. little bottle, and um, with I with masking tape on the top, which I think means it's a branded cap. Um, okay. I've poured it into my glass, John, and I. So, all right. So, what brings us together on steal this beer is a candid conversation of beer, what it is, not what we wanted it to be, what the experience is, not what the experience of paying for it was, and how things go. To facilitate this, John and I drink blind out of black glasses. Justin procured the beers, obfuscated them in artisanal tinfoil, and mailed them around the country. And Mike has one. So, Mike, are you drinking? I'm pouring it. Are, I'm pour- are you pouring in, it oh, right now? Pouring now. Okay, perfect. So, John and I will start. You get your taste. Can you see it? Because we we do drink bl- uh, color blind as well. It's not that it matters. It's just we like to know what kind of insight. So we, we tend to suggest yeah, I'm drink- using I'm coffee drinking mug. It, uh, no, I'm drinking in a plastic cup so I can see right. so you what can see. color All right. it is. So just to try not to let that guide you. Um, yeah. Hall, this thing is bitter AF. Yeah, I kind of love it, though. But so it's got this like bitter. floral thing. It's got this like fruity floralness to it. And I, I, I love the bitterness on this, though. But this is just this is just a good drinking beer. Like this is this is just like the type of beer where on the right day in the right pub like i just want to drink this all the time but it's appropriately skunky for a european bottle it's definitely smells like old european hops and it smells like if any were put any if any were put late they've all been lost to time and oxidization and i guess so this is not what i would think of as despite the bitterness i I, I understand like where you're coming from, but I've like, got it, salty water on the yeah. profile okay. and not you said sweet. I've got no sweetness. It's super just no. Flor- got, I said floral. Okay. It's, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, I don't have that. I just have like, like first edition kettle hops of a European nature and maybe even a long boil. Like it, it might even be a 90 minute boil. Yeah. There's something about this though, that is really making me see now that you've said like hops and, and, and the age thing and everything else like that, I'm now thinking like, wow, well maybe this is somebody's pale ale or, or something along those lines. But like, that wasn't my initial impression what were when you I thinking? first had this. I, I, I don't know. It, it, the hops for me were this sort of afterthought behind this. Uh, the bitterness was there at the finish, but there was this, there, there still is for me, this really nice, um, I don't know, like floral kind of fruity esque character, but not sweet, um, much more in the earthy family. Um, and just like, a, I, I don't know. I keep coming back to pub beer, but like that, that's, 
I know that's not a great descriptor at the moment. That's okay. Hey, I Mike, just need more time with this. Do you get his flowers? Because when I search for them, I can find them, but they're not like an identifiable thing. I just know why he's saying flowers. You get no, any of that? No, I don't. I don't get any of that. Okay. Uh, I, I, and that's definitely to me. It's, it's definitely not an English beer. They would have more balance. This is just really bone dry, just very austere. I mean, to me, it's it's kind of like Terrace Bulba, or maybe even Durank double x but it's it's a little even coarse for those guys i mean to me it's it's, it's kind of almost harsh in the finish with an extreme yeah. bitterness and no body at all the english would add some body to balance it out yeah the body the body is what's interesting to me and i and the lack of but are you getting like the salty water like it feels a little too the water feels a little too hard for me to be because like the there's some like, there's some, so mostly the perception is a palate bitterness of hops, but yeah. there is some bit of that that leans into that. Like I said, like what I always identify as like those green bottles I'd steal from dad of like Bex. Yeah. But that being said, it feels like an ale, not like, you know what I mean? Like it's got some kind of hard water character to it. It's got, I don't know. Uh, yeah. what's, you said you said two things I didn't know. What did you say? Terrace Bulba and what was the other thing you said? What are those? I don't know what those are. So, yeah, I'll let Mike answer that. But I, 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 I we typically don't guess beers uh, uh, specifically, but it, 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 this is probably Terrace Bulba now that I'm thinking about so it. So what is that? Because it's I don't know what that Delicent's is. I'm, I'm table beer. It's Brasserie Delicent's table beer, essentially. Okay. Yeah, it's just known it, for its experience. And it comes, hop and uh, kind of like Durank is another brewery that, that makes the okay. double X bitter, which is very yeah. and lean and mean and, and very hop bitter forward, yeah. but not and not really any hop aroma character. Or, uh, well, that's definitely what you're just what you're describing is what I'm tasting. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, where the are last they time from? Are they German? Mass. No, no, those Belgium. are Belgian. Okay. Yeah, Germans but, would never make anything like this. So, but but why why I'm confused on that, guys, is I'm not getting any yeast character here, and I never think Belgium without some yeast character. No, no, that's not necessary to have uh, the banana or phenolic. But not even that. Just, I always get some kind of yeast character out of Belgium. Or at least I tell myself that. But if this is Belgium, yeah, certain ones. But this is. This is if this is Terrace Bulba, and now that I'm drinking it more and more and more, I it, it I mean it's almost if it, if it's not I'm going to be disappointed in my it. memory. I'm yeah, what, what is yeah, this? it's Terrace Bulba. Mike, okay. Mike from the other. Good job, Mike. Nice job, so, Mike. So is this a 300 mil bottle? Is that why I feel so? 330, small? I think it's. Uh, so this used to be imported by Shelton Brothers, but if you guys look at the back, I think there's a new importer listed. Um, but it's from, I don't. See and do you see it somewhere there? Lime oh. Ventures, yeah, L-I-M-E, out of yeah. Concord, California, bottled now, uh, in April of this year. Nice. How 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 bottled in April? So this is fresh and it tastes like this. Yeah. So this so it, it clearly it makes sense now. Take, like if Mike can if Mike can nail it that that closely. Yeah. I is, I'm. I'm so, and I love that you made it a pub ale, Hall. Well, so, so your youth. No, no, no. So that's the thing. <laughs> the, one of the last times that I was in Belgium, I was with my dad and we were at uh, Motor Lambic and he and I went a lot of rounds 
just over this beer. And by the third round or so, I really started paying attention and like really trying to dissect the beer. And like, I was taking like just notes on it, just trying to one, just remember the day with my dad, but two, just like, why was this beer hitting like the right way on that particular day? Is it so, not more sweet? No, like, this is how it always is. Oh, this is wow. Yeah. This is brutal. I mean, not, and I'm saying that disparagingly, but not, not that I'm, in any way upset by that like if i was if somebody if if we sat down through this you're gonna drink this fucking this is what happens when you boil hops i'd be like cool let's see and i'd be intrigued by it but it's this is like from the old alpha acid war days level right this is like what what greg coke or cook or however the fuck you say that name claimed he was making when he was making his ipas right like this is fucking hoppy yeah. yeah, to me, I mean, I know a lot of people romanticize this beer, but to me, it's really it's, it's really out of balance. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fine. I, I love bitterness, so I'm cool with it. But I would like a little bit of malt sweetness or something to balance it, because otherwise it's just so austere, just so just just granite like, you know, I'm sure there's wines that would be kind of comparable where it's just so bone dry like an extra brute champagne or something but uh yeah i'm gonna take that comment in stride just because like i'm romanticizing it just because like i really enjoyed like day with with my dad yeah oh yeah but hold on so so i'm now looking at it looking at the label light is that like a popeye comic and is bluto about to smash wimpy with a keg so so, and and the word that he is saying the smear lap on there is uh actually bastard oh that's the translation is bastard this is a fighty um, little Belgian beer. Yeah. Years ago, I had Jeff Allworth, uh, when I was the editor at All About Beer, uh, he wrote uh, about this particular beer, and we wound up putting that word on the cover. And I was really pleased with myself because I was like, oh, I put the word bastard on the cover of a print you, magazine. You, so, you crazy rebel. You I, should, hey, man. You, you, know. should, you should do a punk deal for equity. <laughs> um, there is some sort of story behind it. I think it's based on like a book where it's uh, like uh, some sort of circus. And one of the guys finds out that the, uh, the, the guy is sleeping with his daughter or something and he's going <laughs> to smash his head. There's some sort of story behind it. I don't, I don't know it all, but there, there is some uh, method to the madness of, uh, of the label. Now watch this segue, Mr. Hall. Speaking of stories behind beers... Paul was telling me you have a project where you visit like it's like the restaurant next, but for beers in time. Is that correct? Am I, am I remembering that correctly? Tell us about that project at Zebulon. Am I, am I saying that wrong? As far as historical. Yeah. Your date coding of, of, of beers, your years of this is, you know, the West coast. Like when I was there, I was drinking your West coast IPA circa 1994. Right. Yeah, we just released a uh, box set of six historical IPAs charting uh, the, 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 the evolution of IPA from 1840 to 2000. So we started off with an 1840 with a barrel aged IPA, as it would have been obviously in the 1840s, you know, aged for 14 months with Brett, 160 IBUs of East Kent Goldings and Maris Otter. And so we start off with that, and then we follow it through England over four beers. Um, 
until it gets to the point where IPA is kind of a meaningless term in England. It, it ends up, you not know, for a here in the bitter. US. Yeah. Not, yeah, not yeah, where I, we I mean, treasure it and value it and insist that, on its that, purity. That's the, the thing kind of with this box set, though, was it, it follows uh, the IPA where it becomes a meaningless term. And then we switch over to America and we start with 1974 West Coast, which is based on uh, Anchor Liberty Ale. And uh, and then we go to West Coast 94, which is based on a Pliny, uh, Vinny's original recipe from 30 years ago. Wow. And uh, and then we, we show that uh, it's it's also in America become a meaningless term at this point. And but it's it, it's been done. It's been uh, that way in the past and nothing to be worried about. Terms always become meaningless and, uh, and we keep moving on. <laughs> But IPA yeah. is definitely a meaningless term in, in America at this point. I mean, when you have fruited, sour, lactose IPAs, you know, it, it's, Looking it's, at you, a mean, it's a completely meaningless term. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ra- Raheinska fluff. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's, I got, we got to get Wells to make a Raheinska fluff. Um, um, all right. So, so tell me about, what is what's the shut up about Warby Parker thing? What is that? That's the Ron Patton's Ron Pattinson's right. blog. And so he's the he's probably the world. Did you play with him on this? Did you? Oh play yeah, with yeah. Him he, it's, it's a it's okay. a collaboration with him. Okay, for sure. Cool. At least at and, least and the it's English. Bar- it's Barkley Perkins, by the way. Not yeah, Warby Parker. Parker. <laughs> the, eyegla- <laughs> the eyeglass manufacturer. And you know, the fact I, that Mark- I really still six years into the show, Augie, and I'm just I'm amazed by the level of research that you put in to, to each and every episode. <laughs> I like it to be a fresh discussion. I play the, the everyman detail. here, John. I am the everyman in these interviews. You're the one who's supposed to know these things. And that's why I ask you, that's who's Warby Parker? And you tell me it's Ron Pattinson. Um, but anyway, so go on, tell me about, so tell me about, cause, cause I've always been really interested in those and, and you've already said all the things I would ask about the first one, Wood and Brett and, you know, East Kent and whole bunch of Maris. Um, what were the four stops along England and were you burtonizing water for all four? Did you make any changes in that part of the recipe kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the, the English uh, brewers had figured out Burtonizing water pretty quick. So even if they hadn't opened a brewery in Burton to get at the, the hard water, they realized that uh, running the water over big blocks of gypsum would help emulate that water. So so we started with the, the 1840s, and that basically encompassed the, the whole birth. That's 100 years of IPA. It really didn't change the recipe in, from like the 1750s to the 1850s but wow. but then but then it starts to change and evolve so the first stop is pre-world war one like a 1902 whitbread ipa and that was to show the, the, the glory days of english breweries i mean english brewing because before world war one everything was six seven percent and up you know abv Mm-hmm. You know, and then post World War One, everything was like three to four percent. the The World War took a huge hit on English brewing, and you know, with they had a temperance movement going, just like we did at that same period in American history, and they were trying to push prohibition in England while the the World War One was going on, and they were just not having it. You know, the uh, all all the men and the boys were off in the trenches. You know, in in, uh, in Germany and. Uh, the, the, the rallying cry was wait till the boys come back 
because they were trying to push this through and because it couldn't go through, they were doing all kinds of things to, you know, prohibition through legislation, minimizing pub hours down to a couple hours a day, uh, making uh, original gravities uh, lower and lower and lower. Like, for example, some breweries at a certain point in World War One, um, a brewery's or, uh, average original gravity had to be like 1030. Okay. And so that means if you want to make a 1050 gravity beer, you got to make a 1010 gravity beer, you know, in equal amounts. Your, your overall production has to be no more than 1030. So for them to, to do a, uh, an imperial stout, God forbid, or something, you would have to make an ocean of you know the, these low low abb beers we had one on cast that was uh, a, an english mild ale and it was 0.98 percent abb wow it was a uh, orig- original gravity of 1011 you know and it was called government ale because they just were having to make this low low alcohol stuff in order to try to put out anything above four percent so you can just really have sympathy on these brewers, you know, and as, as a fellow brewer, you just keep trying to get in the head of these guys being like, Jesus, how are they trying to, you know, you have Imperial Stouts uh, of the time being like 1042. And you, you can see them just trying to pack as much flavor as they can into these low ABV beers. And uh, as a brewer, you just like you just salute them and be like, God bless them. And you recreate these beers and you're like, you know what? It's still balanced. It's still a decent beer. And so that's world war one, right before world war one IPA is in its heyday. It's every, you know, it's 6%, 70 IBUs, you know, what we would consider to be an IPA. And then the next beer in the set is post-world war one, the same brewery, Whitbread IPA, 16 years difference. And it's dropped almost in half by ABV and IBUs, and it, it, it never it never recovers. You know, we uh, th- that's the beginning of the end for IPA, and then we finish it up uh, with a Boddington's uh, 1946 IPA, and at that point it's you know three and a half ABV, uh, 24 IBUs. It's you know it's a meaningless term at this point. Wow, that's crazy, and and then you chase it with two of two iconic americans that's six in a box and you did you brew these all to come out together you know like was because it sounds like you're a small brewery how did you time all this like it was a nightmare really trying to get them all (laughs) together not only getting the beers like i have 16 fermenters and i can't conceive how to make this thing work and i I I can't imagine and uh, yeah that's what i'm saying very very tricky and I mean, it's not just getting the beers all together. I mean, we, we only got the boxes in the day before the release, you know? So I'm up here just all night long here, just taping up boxes and trying not to screw up putting six proper beers in each box and adhesive spraying new labels. It, it was, you know, <laughs> it, it's ridiculous, but it's the thing, it's the kind of stuff that sets me apart from everybody else. Obviously. And that's kind of what you... You need that nowadays. There's so many breweries. You need to find something that, that sets you apart from everybody else. And if that includes a lot of uh, hard work, uh, I'm, I'm into doing it. All right on. So you mentioned that you did one of these in a cask. So this small room, which you are now serving people in, involves, 
Are you, are you just gravity pouring or do you have a proper cask engine? How often are you producing cask? Because cask beer is one of my near and dear to my hearts. And I, I dream of a world where we could all make way more cask beers. And I've just made the leap to you, cask. You can live in a world where you can make more cask beer. You, no, you need no, to live in a world where people where people will buy the cask beer yes, that you're good making. Point. Good point. But I but this is hopeful for me if he's if he's not only doing these wonderful projects and getting attention response to them some of them were the fucking one percent cascale which I, you know me john that's my dream day no i know drinking. that's like especially at, fuck. what are you you're in you're in new york i'm in new jersey yeah new okay, jersey. well still i mean we were selling this 250 a pint a 20 <gasps> imperial pint oh oh john can you imagine i'd have bought the whole house around can you imagine everybody what on me let's talk about soccer i know nothing yeah, we've got oh. we've got a vintage we've got a vintage beer engine. Uh, it's a 1955 Britannia Beer Master. Uh, so it's stamped on the back and obviously came out of an English pub and had millions of pints probably poured through it. And I acquired it when uh, we had our homebrew shop in New Orleans. Somebody just popped in one day and was like, "I'm moving out of town. I can't take this with me. Will you give me a hundred bucks for it?" And it's beautiful. I mean, it's all in wood. It's there's no gaskets. It's not one of these ones you clamp on the bar. This is a self-standing, uh, all brass fittings. There's I took it apart to re, to re, to to fix it up, and there is no gaskets in it at all. It's a hundred percent just perfectly milled brass fittings, and wow. uh, and so we yeah we put on a fresh cask every single day, and uh, it's usually almost always historical reproductions of stuff, <laughs> and usually sub four percent ABV stuff unless it's the winner. But John, Mike, just, is that John, the, just is, to be is, clear, is, my version second. of that story, yeah. my version of that story is a guy trying to unload Duvel glasses. Anyway, go on. <laughs> but but is that the secret to moving Cascale in America is charging $250 a pint where the deal is too good for people to pass up? Well, that, that was for the 1% ABV beer. Okay. We usually do five, we do five dollars for a 20 ounce imperial pints. Still. So John, yeah, we yeah, do, I mean, you you know a carton brewing full time. There's always a cask ale, and it's always five dollars for a mug, even when we weren't doing mugs of beer. And we and people know us for it, and it's still a stretch to get through a proper frick in a weekend. We're still pretty much only making pens. Yeah, there's there's it's a labor of love. I use I use yeah. Cornelius kegs, so they're, okay. they're five, five gallons each, and we we uh, put on a fresh one every day. And um, if there's any left over, that's just what I drink through the week, you know. Oh, so hence keeping it under four percent in the summer. Smart, smart, savvy oh, man. Yeah. I like this. I'm a. I hey, love can, it. Can, Let's can talk we about get beer back too. To talking about IPAs and beer too. Oh, you think it's an IPA? Do you? Yeah. I like it though. I mean, I hope it is. Otherwise, I like it though. Everything is, about it wants yeah. it to be more bitter to me. Like it smells like it should have a decidedly not like super bitter. No. But I feel like whatever that fucking beer I just drank was has blown my perception of bitter out of the water. All I'm getting on this is sweetness. But it smells to me like a proper the kind of IPA I like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that like flower power, heady, my own O-dub, West Coast from, you know. All yeah. those IPAs I like drinking ten of. Uh, what's his name? It smells like a Lawson's. You know what I mean? And sure. but I'm just not getting any of the bitterness. It would make me happily sure I was there. And that's, but I think that's because of that Belgian thing we just 
put in no, our no, faces. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm with you on that. That this is huge on the aromatics. Uh, there, it smells like there. Uh, when, when I and first like sea hop aromatics. Yeah, and I was like, okay, like this is going to be a good West Coast kind of like bomb bitter kind of. This is going to be fun, and it's not. It's there, but it's not there in the way that I thought that it was going to be, which just keeps bringing me back to this, you know, to the to this glass over and over and over again, just because like. Yeah. I'm enjoying it so much and I, I don't feel like my palate's being weighed down, but this is my, my only problem with the West coast thing is there is some L yeast presence uh-huh. and Chico Chico doesn't present this way unless you ferment it way no, too warm. I, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't mean like West coast, like it's going to be like clear and you know, no, you meant like bitter. Kind of, yeah. That, that, that's what I was going for with that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like, I feel like it could be my dub except there's no bitterness or there's okay 10% of the bitterness. Um, so I'm trying to think of beers like that and it doesn't have all of that mouthfeel, that protein mouthfeel of a hazy. So I'm, I'm more befuddled by it, but it does keep bringing me back. And the thing is, I think it's strong. So I'm trying to go back, but for small sips, what are you getting out of it? Well, Mike, I mean, I was talking to Mike. I thought he was go. What do you got? You know, the aroma is definitely not a modern hop aroma. It's definitely more, you know, it's got a little of the the onion, garlic, allium kind of stuff going. I mean, maybe some CTZ in there. So it's definitely not a, I wouldn't think a new hype brewery. Um, The bitterness is definitely, I mean, I'm getting quite a bit of bitterness out of this as far as a modern IPA. So modern IPAs usually is just, you know, there's no hop addition before Whirlpool. So they they, they all, to me, become a little cloying um, where it's just you need that. I I want the dryness to make me want to have another sip. And this definitely has the the bitterness. Um, Yeah, I don't want to guess because I'm really not that familiar with a lot of- Yeah, that's not their uh, job. But 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 I would I would say that it's an older producer, you know, maybe somebody who's been doing this for about ten years, maybe like a Lawson's, like you were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's something. Maybe, there's maybe something, something about the taste that makes me think I'd have regretted buying as much as I did. Like I should have been aware in the store and only bought four of these because I will drink eight if I have them. There's something about a drinkability level to it. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's that 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 dryness you're talking about i don't know yeah I feel, this, this is maybe a little boo- maybe where... a little boozy yeah yeah definitely boozy. that's a... what i'm saying but i would keep drinking through that and then regret it later so like yeah I, know I, better, i've kind of given up double ipas at this point they're just you know eight nine percent this is not a beer i can be drinking i'm gonna get in trouble mm-hmm. drinking that yeah exactly yeah. precisely so i think we all agree it's a so all right john we used to have this discussion regularly we haven't I'm just going to identify it as a classic East Coast IPA sure. double that I would happily drink a four pack of. And like I said, sea yeah. hops and fun to drink. And sure. and, and, and I still and think I still think I and, and regret it the next morning, but not in absolutely. the moment. Absolutely. I still not think I yeah. But I still think I'd perceive a lot more bitterness had I not had that Belgian beer before it. No, I I don't, I don't know. Because I'm still tasting that fucking Belgian beer through this beer. Oh, Justin Kennedy. I would, I would guess this, this is at least, I would guess this is at least 60, 70 IBUs, which is almost unheard of in modern <laughs> IPAs. So, so, so I'm guessing an older school. I don't think it, 
maybe it's West Coast, but if it's East Coast, it's definitely an older producer. Yep. Yeah. What is it? Right. Let's open it. What is it's, it? Uh, it's focal on. I'm unwrapping from the Alchemist. Ooh, uh, okay. Nice. So not heady. So it's Citra and Mosaic, actually. No. Really? Yeah. Really? Huh. Yep. How long ago did you start making this? Eight years ago? I think you were dead on there, Mike. I think I think my first focal banger was seven or eight years ago. I remember having it about six years ago for yeah. the first right. time. So. Yeah. Yeah, five, Interesting. Years you ago. know, a lot yeah. of the kids, a lot of the kids like this one better than <laughs> Whoa. It's uh um it's, it's 90 IBUs. All right, there you go. Damn, Mike, you got a good palette. I try. <laughs> well um, done, sir. No, that's a that's a that's a that's a fun beer, Justin. I I I see you've uh, gotten back in the habit of taking the price tags off of these, but I've seen these on shelves around right now. So this is uh, thanks, Patreons for. <laughs> I think these were six dollars. I think they were six dollars a can, so not too bad for Brooklyn prices. No, that's actually very fair. No, I, I pay six dollars for a pint. I would definitely buy a pint of this for six. Was there heady? Could we have had heady? Yeah, you could have had Hetty, but I wanted God to. God damn it, Justin. Yeah, sorry. Next time. That's the problem with these kids, John Hall. They think focal bag is better than Hetty. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, ta- I'll take a blind pig over uh, a Pliny. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, sure. Just to be a, just to be a contrarian. Is that that's <laughs> isn't that? And I think Vinny answered this on the show, so I'm embarrassed. I'm going to say it out loud. But the difference is all malt versus some dextrous, right? Oh, I don't know. Is it the no I think hop blind difference? pig is I think blind pig is all malt. I think that's what he said. Yeah. I think that's right. Anyway, let's get back. Let's get far more importantly. Let's get back to Zebulon because we are running out of time and I feel like we've just scratched the surface. Besides the patents and associated historical projects, what, what are you brewing every day? Because you've definitely got a tuned palette. I should definitely drink more of what you're drinking because I haven't nailed an IBU guess in a long time except that i think that belgian one was seven thousand ibu yeah right. um stop anyway. smoking on terrace man that's uh, dude i did not like that beer um you're you're the one person okay i'll be that guy All right. moving on let's get back to mike so mike i was asking you a question anyway what else are you making day to day like if people come in besides your cask engine what are your four to eight taps on um you know i'm always just just looking for inspiration to do something i just so i mean what i've got on right now i've got a a spruce tip grisette nice you know just locally forged spruce tips um i've got a watermelon rind uh wit beer fun you know i'm not interested in watermelon beers i'm interested in watermelon rind (laughs) you know what i mean now did you did you leave the green skin or did you peel down and just throw the white in no, I leave the green skin on. I don't care. Nice. Embrace nice. the piss, right? I mean, I, I do, I do <laughs> it's like a hop substitute. Just why not? Just know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, we've got some. We we tend to focus on on older historical beers. You know, we've got an an old Burton ale on, which is a uh, you know like a nine percent uh, dark ale, but not not like a stout. It's it's because it, there's no roasted malt in it. It just uses dark caramel syrups. So kind okay. of imagine like a a, a West Vlederen fermented with Burton ale as opposed to uh, Belgian ale. And hmm. uh, let's see, what else do we got? I mean, we always have a pills on, you know, because 
I love Pilsners. I, uh, every brewer I know, all we want is Pils. We, yeah. We've all become so jaded where we, uh, the only thing that satisfies is a perfectly made Pilsner. It's got to be perfectly made. I'm Agreed. not into, uh, a, a, you know, a, a brief two row and Magnum hops and dry 3470 Pils. I need it. <laughs> I need it. Perfect. Um, and then we've just got a bunch of uh, these IPAs from this box that we did. We, we kegged up a bunch of it. And we're putting some on cask. Right now, we've got the uh, 1946 Boddingtons on the beer engine, and uh, we've got the That's 1974 nice. uh, West Coast, the Anchor Liberty clone on. We've got the original IPA, which is 14 months in uh, in oak barrels with Brett. So lots of lots of fun things, you know. I mean, we're 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 such a tiny little brewery, and we're hidden away on the back alleyway in this tiny town. Where if people come to us, they they're not just like somebody walking in being like, "Do you do flights? Which what's your IPA?" You know what I mean? It's <laughs> what's not, your strongest, it's not, man? It's not that soul crushing. What's your uh, lightest? What's your strongest? Yeah, no, we have people come in and they just be like, "Dude, it all looks amazing. I just want one of everything." And, and we do. We we serve two ounce and six ounce pours of everything uh, in house. A dollar for two ounces, you know, three to five dollars for six ounces. And then we've got the cask and then we offer uh, pints of uh, the pills and the uh, the vintage IPA. So people can just come in and and try a bunch of stuff, try a bunch of like small stuff I'm working on. And uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's very beer geek friendly, but not pretentious. You know, that's, that's yeah. sort of what we're trying to do. Sounds like a ton, a ton of fun. And with. With Asheville blowing up the way it is, it still sounds unique over there. So, I mean, good on you, man. So what, when you were brewing professionally, I don't know anything about So the problem for me with Asheville is I am very close with Burial. I love them. And when I go down there, I tend to just be going down there to visit them. So except for the fact that I think I pass the Green Men building every time I go to the Burial building. I, yeah, I don't, right I don't know corner. much about the scene, um, but I remember Wicked Weed was uniquely sour and doing a great job. Um, and like I said, I remember passing Green Man, and I don't know much else about the town. So when you were brewing at Green Man, were you doing kind of more classic stuff? What, what were they known for? And is this kind of brewing you're just avoiding that scene brewing or just what you were doing the whole time and you found your little your way to do it on your own well green man i mean when when i first started working there i mean this is 2007 i guess maybe 2008 um there was what like what i said before is one of four or five breweries in town and we were a tiny little brewery there it was just me and another brewer uh the head brewer there john stewart and we were just making beer for a pub up the street called jack of the woods which is, okay. it was kind of the go-to pub for old Asheville before it got super hip, you know? And it's just a little tiny English pub and live uh, Irish music and that kind of stuff. And all we would do is make beer for them. So, and, and what we made was an ESB, a porter, and uh, an IPA. And we, it was just uh, us two cranking out this beer and driving it up the hill to this pub and delivering it and then uh, within within a couple of years it got bought the owner sold it to a guy from uh, florida who whose dads owned the uh, miller distributing company down there <laughs> and you can imagine uh, 
what happened with, you know, millions of dollars of influx of capital in there and somebody who's used to uh, distributing Miller beer, it became a huge uh, brand, you know? Yep. And all of a sudden yep. we're not just supplying the pub up the street. We're supplying, you know, 10 states and, uh, and they, I don't know, to me, they've kind of lost their path a little bit. You know, they're kind of chasing fads and, uh, you know, dropping their pills and because it's not selling the best and putting in another hazy. And I, yeah. I kind of, I, I hate to see that, you know, I hate to see it with Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada. Fuck. Oh, so I don't want to, I can <laughs> no, drop. You can, I can, you, no, you can say it on the You show. can curse That's all fine. you want. That's fine. Fucking dropping, dropping stout and Porter off their, uh, their portfolio. And Keller Vice. And Keller Vice. And, and, and what are they going to replace it with? You know, it's going to be some garbage. So yeah. I want it's just going to be the same. I mean, they're not, they, it just breaks my heart. But here's the mic I, I know mean, and love. Yeah. I'm telling I mean, you, we went, the, I'm the here smallest for batch, it. The smallest batch uh, they can do is uh, what, 120 barrels, maybe. So it's just the fact is, when you get so big, you just have to naturally start dumbing down your beer because it's too much of stuff. And yeah. uh, I, I, uh, my assistant brewer at Greenman ended up going to be the uh, specialty brewer at Sierra Nevada, Tyler. Tyler Downing, and he uh, he was just terrified because their pilot batch was sixty barrels. <laughs> he's like he's like yeah, yeah their nano so system. Afraid to, yeah, so afraid to try anything new because it's so much beer to have to move, and that's right. kind of the sad thing about being big is you just have to appeal to the masses, and the masses are fucked. They don't know good beer anymore. <laughs> well, it's funny because. I, I don't know that the tail doesn't. I'm talking about the masses, you know. No, no, but the tail, the tail wagging the dog a bit there. I, I mean, I, I defend hazies because they're crowd pleasers, and something about beer should please the crowd. But, like, you, you, well, you know, you, you've nailed it. But there's nothing wrong with making a beer that makes somebody happy. That's great, and making everybody happy. Unless, is, it, unless, unless you're trying to make people who don't like beer happy. Right. And but that's, and that's seltzer. the problem. And and We're, as we learned from Sam Adams blow up last week, seltzer is dead. Thank God. Long live Thank seltzer. God. Right. Um, but uh, but all these things are going to be bad. That's, it's just, We're it's not going to see a cell. We're not going to see a seltzer from you soon. Oh, no, no, I would. I would, uh, <laughs> I would go do something else. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for low alcohol beers I'm yep. for. I mean, just that it's already out there just get a gin and uh, a vodka tonic right i mean yeah. it's been there for hundreds of years there's no need to call it beer and try to rationalize that you just really want a gin and tonic or a yeah, vodka you know really just have gin have gin and tonics are great don't try to make beer into a gin and tonic let beer yep. be what it is and don't be don't be ashamed if you really want a smoothie have a smoothie. If you really want pineapple, a, a glass of pineapple juice, have a glass of pineapple juice. But stop trying to turn beer into everything for everybody. It's just it's it's a race to the bottom. I think. I love it. I love it. You couldn't be more right. Good on you. I, this is fantastic. Yay! Um, I promise. Next time I get down to Asheville, which I am long overdue for, I will come drink some of these classic IPAs with you. This has me intrigued and excited. Um, do you foresee doing a similar thing again with Pattinson and all his collection of art of recipes or, or are you kind of that that was a one and done kind of inspiration for you? Oh, no, we've been bringing Ron to town since I worked with Green Man. We've been bringing him to okay. town for seven years from Amsterdam. We've done 
you know, the evolution of English Porter. We've done English Milds. We've done Lost and Forgotten Beer Styles. And so this year for, for Asheville Beer Week in October, we're thinking about doing a World War uh, event where you, you come into, Green, into, uh, into Zebulon and oh. we, we, we'll have, we want to turn it into let you get into the state of mind of what it was like to try to drink beer while world wars going on. So we want to have like bomb, you know, air raid sirens. We want to have fireworks going off. We just want to do this. You walk in and it's just smoky with a smell of gunpowder. And and we'll just like on Friday, we'll have, if you will, world war one. Where is your soundboard when we need it? No, that's not, that's not, no, that's a different kind of air, air, air horn. Um, I think it would just be, it would be like, so wait, are you going to close at 11? Are you going to close at 11 and do cask only? Like, like really all the way there? Like I'm into this. This, I like the idea of method drinking. John will tell you, I I get my, my grooves and don't come out of them easy. I think this could be method drinking. Wouldn't it be hilarious? I mean, you come in and you just have to walk past like sandbags with a machine gun and yeah. i'm trying to find like world war one react reenactment people who would want to like have a fight out in the street yeah you know? uh, that'd be <laughs> but, awesome have, have well, somebody you know, have somebody reading you know on those spooky hollow speakers british uh british news of the day yeah yeah no, we'll, you, we'll have, yeah, to, have like, the radio you know, on the bbc and, yeah yeah and hear yeah. churchill on there you know um, and uh I'm in, dude. Make this happen. Make us aware if this happens. If this happens, we I will try to get down there in October specifically for this. I promise. This sounds fascinating. All right. right. So we do have to move on. Kennedy, do you have a letter that can tie this all together for us and somehow incorporates Cascale method drinking and and so on and so forth? I've got an IPA letter. This is a one. Uh Matt Matthew B sends us a letter. He says, Kennedy, my man, recently it seems like I've been hearing people talking about hazies versus IPAs, but not about hazy IPAs. Are hazies becoming their own non-IPA style? This is from Matt Berry in Norway. Hey, Matt. Um, I hope so. It would, I think it would make life easier. Yeah. I hate walking Um, into a brewery and having to ask what kind, like, especially when somebody's like, oh, this is our American IPA. It's like, well, what's that going to mean? Because I really want, you know, a West Coast, you know, clear, snappy, bitter, and then I get, you know, turbid orange juice put down in front of me. Well, but so remember when, when the DDH thing was a big topic of ours three, four years ago. I was trying to contend that we needed to make DDH a thing that just meant, you know, you are so angry at it. Aromatic folk. Well, because it didn't mean what the letter stood for. I didn't mind that a DDH was becoming so a mad. thing, but, uh, but they should, you know, like DDH meant all of the hopping is focused post boil. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was a fine. And if that had become a thing and it was, if there were IPAs, which meant, 60 minute down a whirlpool with some dry hopping and DDH, which meant post whirlpool all about dry hopping. Then we'd have been able to break out of that subcategory, hazies and milkshakes and lactose. I haven't seen hazy separated from IPA, but it makes sense to me because I think, I think Mike even said earlier in this conversation, the things that, the things that they used to say were IPAs just because of dry hopping, like, like when people did the, 
the fuckery of lactose and marshmallows and fruits, there was still like a large modern dry hop addition, which is why people just saw it as a continuation of IPA's evolution. But even that's gone now. Like people aren't even dry hopping these anymore. They're just milkshakes. Um, it's just a marketing term. Yeah. So why yeah, not? I was going to ask Mike what, what you thought about. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, where are you at on that? You think that you think it makes sense to let a hazy be a hazy and somehow preserve whatever dignity IPA is left in it? You know, I'm just not a big fan of 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 uh, pigeonholing things and making names for them. It just it's a never ending thing where you're going to just get into trouble eventually. So I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of of not filling filtering IPAs if, if that's what comes out of the, the hazy years the if, if we're going to call them that um is that that people stopped filtering their IPAs which I think is good I think that was but but the the, the quest for Merck hopefully that's over I mean you remember five seven years ago when it was all uh what's, what's that stupid brewery in Ohio the uh um brew dog no no <laughs> it's the, the, the one named after the the, the Oof, it's who farted yeah who farted and they were just, I mean, the, 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 the Instagram photos were just looked like a glass full of gravy, you know, just, <laughs> and everybody was trying to get this, this murkiness in their beer, just to the point where they're throwing flour and apple pectins and all this stuff into their, uh, their fermenter. And it was just ridiculous, you know? So, yeah. but if anything, what American beer is, is embracing the ridiculousness and it's, it's, it's the nature of who we are as a culture. We we ruin everything that had, <laughs> had had finesse and balance, and we just take it to the extremes. Yeah. And uh, you know, as long as you accept that, then it makes you uh, sleep better at night. And, um, and, and there's as, fun. As, there's fun to be found. Come on. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not telling anybody they shouldn't do anything. I'm not trying to gatekeep right. uh, IPAs. Um, you know, but uh, anybody can do whatever they want. For me, I run back to the 1800s where uh, beers made sense and they, they, they are what the name says and makes me happy. But everybody else can do whatever the hell they want to do. Right you on. can say the fuck uh, they want. That's fine. Yeah, that's They can fine. do whatever the fuck they want. And I think that's <laughs> a good way to tie it up. That's a, that's a good way to tie it up. We, we've, if nothing else, we've always been about not yucking someone else's yum. So everybody can do whatever the fuck makes them happy. And let's keep that up. Um, I would, I would, I would be, I would say that that we should leave artificial colors and flavors out of craft beer, or else it becomes. I mean, if we're going to talk about definitions, I think craft beer means it has always meant, you know, having, you know, authentic, real ingredients in your beer. The, the, the we would, you know, five years ago, six years ago, ninety-five percent of brewers would have agreed with me that, yeah high fructose corn syrup and artificial colors and flavors that's what that's what we leave out of our beer because that's what separates us from from the, the mass-produced stuff but now it's completely the opposite you know if you don't put melted frozen popsicles and uh breakfast cereal you're not considered craft and i think that that's a race to the bottom i mean yeah that's we would never put artificial colors and flavors in beer five ten years ago and now it's well, uh, wait a minute, though, because five, ten years ago, uh, New Glarus was doing that with Spotted Cow. They don't anymore, but like that brewery was built on the back of that. All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, sorry, what, I, I'm sorry. My wife just came out. I was wondering that's something. But, but what were you saying? Yeah. Somebody was saying something. No, I was about... saying, well, New Glarus. I mean, like Spotted Cow was doing that five, ten years ago. But I mean, they don't need more. But you know, that was one of those beers that was built on the backs of corn syrup. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, I th- I think we all agree with that's you. That's an and overrated I think, beer. I think I think. <laughs> I think we could have both opinions. A beer should definitely be fun and beer should be a grown-ups drink. So let's find let's find that common ground. Um anyway, I thank you very much for coming and definitely expressing interesting and fair views. And God, I'm really interested. I'm really excited to do some some proper character drinking down there in October. We're gonna have to figure that out for sure. Um Let's see. So if they want to visit you, they fly to Asheville, drive north 10 minutes on the highway park and drink 250 pints of one percent beer for eight hours right uh six hours we're, we're, six we're open hours. from we're open from one to six friday and saturday okay only. perfect well that sounds awesome friday and saturday only one to six zebulon check it out guys especially i know we got a lot of southern because because of the way because of the way kennedy says ben i know we got a lot of southern southern listeners that uh that they can get to you. So let's do that. Uh, Cass, if they want Yo. to support us to have more of these, these heady discussions over expensive black cans of Poco Banger, how do they do that? <laughs> Patreon.com slash steal this beer. We thank you those that donate. And, uh, you know, if you don't, maybe you want to kick us a couple bucks. It makes these conversations interesting. That is right. All right, y'all. I appreciate you being oh, like thank hold you. Hold on. Follow what? us on our follow us on our shit too. Uh at oh, right. steal, this, at steal this beer. Yes, please follow steal us it. on our shit. Yeah, <laughs> steal this beer everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, untapped. And then yeah, mail us some letters there too. Yeah. Steal on this all beer of our podcast shit. at gmail.com. Um follow us on our shit. Yeah, we're 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 yeah. Ca- where can they find you Mike? for an hour and a half now? I've been scarfing that with- I've been scarfing down wings and pale ale that I mulled back from Maui. So, um, you know, <laughs> right, I'm having y'all. a grand old time. Gold wings. Nice. All right. All right, y'all. Get at us. Thank you. Cheers.